Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. <laughs> Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Well, that was an exciting weekend, wasn't it? One overinflated and bloated ego dominated the news agenda. Everyone had a view of the scandal as it played out in public and the row is still going on today. But we're not talking about Serena Williams. Of course not, no. We're talking about Boris Johnson. That's the guy that's been dominating our agenda in the Independent Republic and he's still doing it. Forget about the dead cat suicide vest comments on Brexit. Forget about the glamorous social climbing blonde he's been seen out with lately. And forget about him being booed at the cricket. The big story is the fight back going on inside Theresa May's Downing Street where they're secretly loving the fact that he's spouting off every few days with ever-increasing irrelevance. He's turning into the Energizer bunny, for heaven's sake. Big question is, can Boris destroy this government before they destroy themselves? Katie Perry was here to help us find out. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll also be finding out why it's taken the trade union so long to finally come up with a good idea. That's right, they want a four-day week for everyone and more money. Complete genius. 0344 499 1000. Plus, we'll tell you all about the strange story of the local playground that gives electric shocks to the kids. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Casey Perrier on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. But, I mean, there is this sense, is there not, Casey, that, that Boris has to, you know, either fish or cut bait, as they say in America. You know, he can't just carry on kind of tilting at, at the windmills, as I said. He can't just continue to be on the outskirts looking in and pretending that he's got much better ideas. Because in the end, you know, he's not really doing anything other than being a nuisance, like one of those flies that you want to swat. Yeah, but for for him, he continues to be in the news. Uh, maybe bad for things and maybe for good things. Yeah, but he, even the news people will get fed up with it, won't they? I mean, newspaper editors... I don't have, think you can ever get fed up with really? Boris Johnson if you're on a news desk because, quite frankly, people want to read about him. People want to know what's going on. They, if they, they fear that some other people will have it if he doesn't. He mm. gets paid... Near nigh on three hundred thousand pounds a year yeah. to write for the Telegraph. Other papers can get his stuff for free. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah. And uh, you know, for as long as he's in the paper and as long as people are talking about him, he definitely has a chance. Um, journalists that write him off, uh, politicians that write him off, or underestimate him, are fools yeah. because he's like the cat with nine lives. But you know, he's on his about twelfth right now. Yeah, well, dead cat um, with nine lives. He, you know, uh, Boris Johnson is a force of nature, and whether you like him or not. I like him. We don't always agree on politically, but uh, he's going to be a force for good. 
in in you know within conservative politics if the, if you're a lever and he's a complete nuisance if you're a remainer the point might be is that if he doesn't get down to those final two mm. so the MPs choose Tory MPs choose yeah. between about six or seven people who's going to be the final two they put to the Tory membership Tory membership is changing dramatically at the moment because people are trying to infiltrate it yeah. from the remain and the leave side so we don't quite know how they're going to vote but history shows us they will love someone like Boris Johnson if he gets down to the final two he'll win yeah if he doesn't get down to the final two, there will be uproar and unrest within the Conservative Party yeah. membership, which As will cause real now. problems. You then get a new leader that is not Boris Johnson. Yeah. What's Boris Johnson's role going to be then? Is Boris just going to carry on from the sidelines or is he going to go off to the world of journalism or yeah. is he going to go off and do something else? Mm. You know, how long is he planning to do this? Well, that's my and question. And stick around? Yeah. Uh, is it, you know, but we always know in politics, those who wield the kind of sword never wear the crown. Yeah. And so maybe... He's ticking along in the sidelines until they demand he comes forward because it's that kind of cry for Boris, come and save yeah. us. And he wants us to kind of beg for him rather than the situation where, you know, we think it's going to happen, which at some point she's going to fall because she can't get a new yeah. deal. And then they all come rushing in. It's really unclear how it's going to kind of set out in the next few months. Uh, but it's, I think it's, it's learn, very mis- messy. It is very messy. And I think he could learn a lesson from Gordon Brown, you know, who believed himself to be the anointed one and thought that he could step aside for Tony Blair because then he would get the crown. When he did finally get it, think of the pressure. he inherited it, right? He didn't win it. And in fact, uh, he was one of the worst prime ministers we ever had as a result. The expectation then is so high, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, one of the things, the reasons why Theresa May was 24 points ahead of the polls when I was there wasn't because we were so wonderfully brilliant, although I well, it wasn't because you were there. Definitely surely. claim it. Yeah. It's because the reason why we're 24 points ahead of the polls is because expectations were really low. Mm. It's Brexit vote. Everybody was kind of completely blown away by what what happened, and people were saying, "Well, we need someone that's going to kind of unite us, get can get on with it. Someone's kind of very business-like who doesn't kind of parade on Twitter all day long, and she doesn't love the limelight. She's going to get on with it." And as we kind of rolled out our first lot of policies, they were met, met with real surprise and happiness from from the other end because they thought, "Wow, this is actually going to you know this is going to work. This is going to hold it together." Now we know that, that was a bit of a smokescreen now, yeah. and it's not being held together, and it is kind of very, proving very difficult to run a coherent operation from number ten because of all the things that are going on. But if a new person comes in to replace Theresa May, that's not Boris Johnson. My God, the pressure. And then you know, a new person comes in that if they if they are Boris Johnson, then he will never live up to expectations. No, he? he never will. And also, one of the things that I've noticed, and you may tell me I'm wrong about this, but ever since he's left the cabinet, it seems to have stabilised quite a bit. And I will always love you. I will always love Why do I have an image of Carrie Simmons standing singing karaoke to Boris Johnson in some, uh, you know, sort of expensive country mansion at the weekend? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I can see know. it. I can see, see it. it. Can Obviously, I put out a tweet this uh, last night, in fact, because I got home just in time uh, to see the latest edition of The Bodyguard, right? Which is so ridiculous now. I mean, I only watch it now to get irritable, and uh, which doesn't take much. Uh, I actually put out a tweet. Not only is The Bodyguard now one of the worst shows ever made by the BBC, but the actual Bodyguard is one of the worst bodyguards ever produced. And that was before she was uh, she was pronounced dead. You know, because oh, yes. I mean, while he's been looking after her, she's had sniper fire fired at her in the middle of central London. Uh, she's now been blown up at a, at a conference that was supposed to be a secure place, and something else has already happened. But now she's dead. Do you know why it's great entertainment? Entertainment, and why you're a mizog? 
Why? Is because we're all talking about it. And we're talking about, whether you know, back in the studio, we're all talking about whether or not he knew what was in the suitcase. Yeah. Is she really dead? Right. What happens next? There's a lot of spoilers it's, going on. We should say, going on, we should we say that about. we are not going to spoil your fun. No. If you haven't watched it, I'm going to say this to you. Don't bother. <laughs> I'm saying get on to, get on to your Sky Plus or whatever it might be yeah. and uh, watch iPlayer, it. iPlayer, I think we call iPlayer. it. iPlayer, yeah. Because it was really, really good and I really enjoyed it. Was I really not enjoyed good. it. I mean, he can't even uh, shoot himself in the head right, can he? He tries to kill himself and turns out somebody's, See, changed, it. somebody's changed the bullets and they've given him blanks. If you haven't caught Same up with it yet, writer. Mike's just told you loads of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, real spoilers. But... um. Uh, you know what? It's never meant to be completely true. I found none believe... of it could ever be true. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, at the beginning, I thought, oh, this is quite good. Special advisors kind of squabbling around the minister. Yeah. Um, uh, it's telling me, do you know what's going to happen? Security services. You'll quite, love, you know, you'll love the final twist, right? Because it's going to turn out that it's the, the fired special advisor who ends up killing her. <laughs> Uh, if, if that's true, you're a mega spoiler. And yeah, all things good. Remember but, the one in the Range Rover? You know, there's only, the there's there's only a couple on. of series. There's only a couple of um, episodes left, aren't there? Yeah. So, so you know, how can you make series two when the main character kind of dead He's and dead. the other one is? Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Needs to, yeah, but needs they can't. No, but they do a lot of this to the BBC. They don't actually do. They can't. They won't do part two, will they? Don't you think? I don't think so. I think they would have a new minister. Mind you, I have to charge. say, I also was. I uh, love it. I had the misfortune of also watching press. Over the weekend, I haven't right? seen this yet. I right. have recorded it. to spoil it, that for you as go well. On, Don't go bother on. watching that either. <laughs> That's complete balderdash. So the guy who wrote it's got a good track history, you know, Doctor Foster. Yeah, well, he might have. He doesn't know anything about newspapers, which really? I do. And I mean, there is so there are so many cliches in there. Are you not just could... jealous that you didn't not write the uh, the program before him? Uh, no, I'm not at all jealous. No, you didn't. jealousy is not one of my traits. No? I'm afraid. Okay. No, no, I'm quite happy with my lot. Okay, right. I don't wish you to don't be. Think, oh, I could have written a program. I can't imagine anything worse than being invited into a script writers meeting at the BBC. Can you imagine me in one of them? No, that wouldn't have gone down very well. But, you know, an independent production. I've always thought we should write a script on top Well, radio. you and I will do that. Yeah, we are. Episode 64. We, we, someone's episode turned 64. up with cheeseburger super noodles Cheeseburger super noodles. I saw them. I know. In the room next door. Unbelievable. I'm like, who on earth buys those? But don't worry. The, none of the printers work, though. But you can have some <laughs> super noodle uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger blend. What you know? is going on? Absolutely fantastic. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Like, yeah. Pretty soon I'll be getting on my first plane. Great tweet here from uh, Graham in Bushy, who basically says that if Corbyn and McDonald get in, uh, never mind a four-day, we'll be back to a three-day week. <laughs> Very good. No lights on. I remember the three-day week. I used to love it. Oh it was only to, I had to go to school one day a week. It was in the 70s. Right? That's why you ended up here. Yeah, that's how I ended up uh, get with the job in journalism. I only went in Wednesday morning uh, because we had this, uh, we had this, the two sort of two buildings, that, the, the old building, which had no heat in it at all, the new building, which had some heat in it. So they had to put everybody into the new building. So everybody can only do like one session uh, in the morning each year. Mad. Uh, and then we did games in the How afternoon. How long does this last for? 
I went on for, for nearly a whole term, I think. It's madness. Yeah, it was like 1973, 74, around then. So you remember that, kids? That's yeah. what could all go wrong. And we, and I mean, I tell this story because people can't believe it. Because, yeah, it's true. You know, we literally had an hour of electricity in the morning where we'd have breakfast and we had an hour of electricity in the evening. That was it. So for the rest of the evening, you'd, you would sit around with candles burning, it's shivering mad. in the dark. See, and they just complained talking. about, my kids complained about weak lamping. You haven't got any Wi-Fi. Yeah. And you go, really? What's the Wi-Fi code? Don't need it. Don't yeah. work. You should try not having any electricity at all. Oh, madness. And I used to spend my entire week basically cycling around, going to record shops, um, you know, hanging about, watching uh, rubbish television in the afternoon. When you, could, when you could get some electricity to watch it. That hasn't changed, mind you. Yeah, it's true. It's the same. Better off listening to talk radio. Yes. Everyone from TV is coming here. Do you know that? That's because this is where it's here. at. Eamon Holmes is here. So you don't even watch him on TV anymore. Jeremy, what's his face? Jeremy Kyle. That's it. Yeah, he's here as well. Yep, that's Lisa right. O'Sullivan is also here, uh, who is, of course, Talk Sports tennis correspondent. She's been watching the US Open uh, throughout the whole tournament. Oh, yeah. Uh, it came to a bit of a nasty a conclusion, they'd have to say, with Serena Williams. A massive debate going on at the moment as to whether Serena Williams uh, is, in fact, standing up for women. Uh, or uh, it's just a loudmouth bully. Lisa, uh, very good after- very good morning to you. What do you think? Hi, Lisa. Hiya. Yeah, I have to say that I, I, I thought she pushed it a bit far saying she was out there fighting for women's rights. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, when is she handing over the 100 million a year she rakes in uh, for being this massive superstar uh, to the women's I, refuge? She was playing tennis and she was fighting for a $3.8 million check um, against Naomi Osaka. And before we start any more about Serena Williams, can I just point out how well Naomi Osaka played and how brilliantly she carried herself? A really classy performance. She was thrashing Serena Williams anyway. Yeah. She was going to win that match in straight sets. Uh, and whatever that followed was so unfortunate on her because she was so composed and she, she was just brilliant. And, and they should be celebrating the fact that she's a brilliant new Grand Slam champion at the age of 20. Uh, instead, we're talking about Serena Williams losing her rag big time, breaking the rules, and, and then being angry about it. Well, exactly. And, I mean, she has been, I have to say, very, um, I, I would suggest, kind of unpredictable in her behaviour uh, since she's come back from having a baby. You know, I'm not going to blame that on, on Ooh, what she did yesterday. Yeah. She has, though. I mean, she has said herself... Uh, that she suffers from postnatal depression. She said that she felt yeah. very weird after having the baby. You know, she came back and she lost that, that match to um, one of the British tennis players, I think, didn't she? The worst defeat ever yeah. handed to her yeah, before. But, uh, the... but I have to say, that, that one you need to put into context. The minute before she stepped out on court, she'd found out that her sister's killer had been left sure. out on parole that day. Yeah, sure. But what I'm saying is, is that her behaviour has been quite erratic, has it not, since she's come back to the, to the tennis court? Yeah, I, I think that is that is potentially fair, but also the pressure's all been he- heaped back on her as well. Uh, since she came back, everyone's expecting her to be the 24-time Grand Slam champion instead of the 23. It's all kind of set as red, mainly because whenever we've seen Serena Williams play before, she's just dominated the sport so much that basically there are a lot of people thinking, brilliant, we can go back to actually predicting who's going to make it through to the final. And to be fair, she's done it. You know, she, she has got back into a Grand Slam final. We saw her pull out of the French Open with an injury, um, you know, it didn't quite go her way at Wimbledon with Angelique Kerber's own little comeback, um, stalling her victory there. But yes, she has been, she has been perhaps a little erratic. And, and I have to say, I'm very uncomfortable with her blaming 
the umpire this time um, for what she's called a sexist call. Yeah. That's not to say that she hasn't got a point about the fact that women tennis players are treated differently from men and yes. perhaps are treated in a sexist way. But have they not it's just been awarded? Hang on, have they not just been awarded uh, sort of parity on the uh, on the on the on the prize money front though? No, no, they haven't. That goes back to the 1970s in the U.S. Open. They, you know, they got back on parity way back then. It's only Wimbledon that is the most recent to have caught up and given equal play yeah. to the. the but players. that's what I'm saying. So but, you can't accuse but, them. In fact, you'd accuse, you you no, could accuse women tennis players. Hang on, Lisa. You can accuse women tennis players of being sexist in reverse because they get the same money as the men. They get. Hang on. They get the same money as the. Wait a minute. Hang on a second, Lisa. They get the same money as the men for playing less tennis. But they also get more people. They they get more sponsorship and more people coming. That's not the point. On, that's on, not the point. Well, is well it? That, that, that's what the sport's all about, really, isn't it? What is? It, it's about making money. Yeah, it's about it making really money. Is, you know, and and Ms. Um, uh, Serena Williams' net worth is around about 180 million dollars. So I think the idea that she's speaking out on behalf of all women is an absolute joke. Wasn't there one female player not long ago who? Um, got basically a violation against them for taking off her clothes on, on, on the side of the court, yeah. which the men yeah. do all the time. Which was well, then reversed. And then they reversed it. We're well, only now the, having the that. extreme heat. Yes. In, they had the extreme heat in, in New York was really, really high, but it's the humidity that was really, really high this time around. And so they actually allowed the players to go off and cool down for 10 minutes between the second and third set. And Elise Corny, when she came back on court, she realised she'd put her top on the wrong way because she'd so rushed trying to get changed because she's on one of the outside courts. So all she did was take her arms out of it, swivel it around, and yeah. put it down again. And the idiot umpire in that case, and I have to say that was a bad call by the umpire, yeah. um, gave her a code violation, which was which was a stupid thing. To it do. was, but which was then immediately was after the ge- but, but immediately after the match was reversed, Lisa, wasn't it? I think. Hold on a minute. Yeah. I think men uh, over the history in terms of tennis have ranted and raved and been, you know, I've never been seen, let off. I've never seen a, a male player. Women, I've never seen a male just, player call an umpire no, a thief. I think that she was wrong right? to do that. Or she a was, cheat. She was wrong to do that she was wrong to do some of those things but you're going to talk about John McEnroe I mean he was still playing with a wooden racket Lisa for heaven's sake but but he set the trend for Mr. Oh, come off it. No, but it, no, there is nothing. Sim- no rubbish. There's nothing going on in the world of tennis now that was going on when John McEnroe was playing. What? But he, he's admitted, and there are other players that admit that they lose their rag. Novak Djokovic is a prime example of that as well. That will lose his rag and have angry and smash rackets in a bid to get himself stoked up. Yeah, but let's go back back to what actually happened. Let's go back to, yeah, well, hang on. Let's go back to what actually happened instead of, you know, having this ridiculous kind of it's all about women argument because it's not all about women. It's about very narcissistic people, both male and female, who don't like to be told what they're doing is wrong, who don't like to be told what they're doing is going to be punished because they're used to being surrounded by sycophants and people who say yes to them all the time. That's what this is all about. And this woman is just as much of a narcissist as John Mack row ever was and it's got nothing to do with whether she's being treated badly because she's a woman right she cheated in the game she did something which was not allowed which was to take a coaching sign from her coach who's not allowed to coach her during the points absolutely that, that i have absolutely a hundred percent agreement with you there mike and and this is why i think that her her just debating sexism in this point was was wrong it's embarrassing but 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 I but I, I, I have to say that women players are treated differently from men. That that if a woman player has a screaming fit on the court, she is far more likely to be sanctioned by the chair umpire than a male player is. She you know they they will. I mean we saw Nick Kyrgios 
who was tanking in his match. The, the chair umpire came down and virtually put an arm around him, gave him a coaching session. If that had been a female player, she wouldn't have got that. She would have been. She would have probably have been um, sanctioned for for tanking. I'm not sure. Not I agree. I, I mean, you did. see, you see lots of things. I mean, you watch a lot more tennis than, than anybody sitting here in this studio. But I would say that you know, generally speaking, most tennis players behave themselves. There are some, and we know who they are. You've named many of them uh, who behave badly. But you know, I, I don't really think you can single out any women or any men as having been treated all that differently. I really don't think you can. I do think you can. I think the women have not had the same kind of treatment as the men on the courts. And there's some great newspaper articles today, one in the Daily Mail, which shows uh, over history where the women have been treated much more harshly. Yeah, well, you than can the go back to the suffragettes this. if you like and say the women didn't used to have a vote, but it's hardly relevant now, is it? No, 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 I think in recent times, in the last few years, really? how women well, women are viewed as hysterical when they freak out. I wonder okay? why. Yeah, exactly. That's but that's men that. are viewed yeah. as, oh, you know, he's putting his foot down, you know, he's really angry about this. I don't uh, agree. You know, women are hysterical, little, you know, yeah, compassionate, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're passionate emotional. about their job. Women are emotional and yeah. hysterical, you know, and I think Mike's proving me right on this one. Well, I think and you'll find, right, Lisa. you know, you, didn't, you yeah, don't see that, that many. I mean, Serena Williams bursting into she tears. Yeah, she was she out of order. She was out of order. She lost it. And I think the problem that I really have with it she was losing the match and she was going yeah. to lose the match. And I think that's why she was so emotional. And not enough has been made about how brilliant the young 20-year-old Naomi Osaka coped with it because she, she's going to be a brilliant... Well, she should have her own... Re, she you know, she'd have her own press conference now, which is completely but separate she, to she that was, match. Absolutely. That, I mean, the, the problem was that she was being booed by the crowd. Exactly. What was even worse than the Serena Williams outburst was the fact that the president of the US Tennis Association, the first thing she said when they were standing up there about to receive their prize was, well, this isn't the result we expected tonight. Serena, you'll always be the champion of champions. And I just thought... It's outrageous. So out of order. That president no, should organise a party, a full-on event. If I was a PR person there, I'd be saying, you need an event now to celebrate the new winner and you need to stop this nonsense about Serena because she didn't win, she lost. We need to stop pretending as well that these are ordinary people. They're not ordinary people, they're extraordinary people. They play sport for a living, which drives them insane. And that's how they are. And that's how they behave. And they're used to everybody doing what they are told to do and they're not used to being punished or challenged or anything like that a bit like some politicians I dare say but we've run massively over time uh, with that ridiculous argument Lisa O'Sullivan thank you very much indeed Talk Sports tennis correspondent <laughs> we'll bring you some more nonsense in the next hour right now though we're going to talk to uh, Sefton Henry uh, who's a gangs consultant because he's going to tell us presumably uh, why he thinks it might be a good idea to give phones to prisoners inside prisons in this country David Gork the new Justice Secretary reckons it would be a good idea I can see an awful lot of problems though Sefton very good afternoon to you. Morning. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, very well indeed. Now, we hear all the time that prisons are bad places to be. You know, they're badly managed, they're badly run, uh, they're badly sort of policed, if you like. There's an awful lot of drug use, there's an awful lot of criminality, there's an awful lot of violence. You know, why on earth is giving them a phone a good idea? Um, Well, obviously in prison, they get phones in. Yes. And then that's a criminal... Um, aspect, isn't it? By sure. um, smuggling phones in and smuggling drugs in. So on one aspect, it could be good because it will stop them smuggling it in and now it's being controlled by the govs, by the um, security. But it needs to be controlled. That's the one thing that I would say. Yeah. I wouldn't say just to give them phones and then not control it because now they've got a phone, then they can ring up whoever they want well, exactly. to decide and say this and say that. But if it's controlled by by you know who's allowed to be on their phone and it's watched and and monitored then it would 
it could be better because. You well, know, I mean, call me old fashioned, Sefton. Why don't you just give them a payphone, right? Uh, or maybe five payphones per block or something where they can use a card, which they get points on for good behaviour. And when yeah. they have, when they behave well, they can make a phone call. There you go. So I, I think that's one way. But remember, um, they're. Uh, I don't know if you've seen um, the videos that they make with people um, getting beaten up. Well, I'll tell you what I have seen. I've seen some of the ones where they've taken spice and they're kind of yeah, having fits yeah. on the floor practically and there's yeah. people filming them. Nobody knows what to do. Yes, exactly. So in that case, it shows you that they're going to be doing some bad things. So the way to counteract the bad is by giving them something, an incentive that's going to stop them from doing that, mm. maybe. But I'm not saying it's 100% because I'd rather that they didn't have no phones and they lived happily ever after. But that's not the case. <laughs> and also the other problem for me with giving her a phone, Sefton, is that, you know, nobody really now uses a phone just to ring anyone. You know, most people now use their phones for all sorts of stuff. And who knows what they'd be ordering. I mean, they might be ordering themselves, you know, a prison escape kit on Amazon or something and get it delivered to them. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're out, the, they're out the door. Yeah. So that's why I really, truly believe it needs to be monitored. Yeah. It needs to be monitored. It needs to be given to specific inmates, not all the inmates. It needs to be something that um, they work towards, as you said, that it will be like some sort of an incentive to say, if you've been good, then you get it. I remember I was in Rochester prison um, a few years, well, uh, quite a bit years back, actually. When you um, say you were in it, were you in it because you'd been sent there? I was locked up. Were you? I've been to prison seven times. Have you? Um, myself. Okay. So, well, so you're a proper expert say, then. Yeah. So when I say what I say, it's coming from lived experience. Sure. So anyway, when I was in Rochester, there was a part on Rochester that they had phones in their cells. They also had showers. Uh-huh. Now, the people on this side, we used to be like, oh, we want to be like that. But you had to be good to get to that. Okay. Do you get what I mean? And did that make and you? Think, did that make you behave better then? Yeah, it made a lot of people want to behave better and work towards it. Mm. But not a lot of people could live it up because in that environment, you know. Right. I've got a question for you, in just in terms of, of the fact that, you know, do you think it would be okay? Do you think it'd go down well with prisoners to say you can have a phone, but we will listen to your conversations. So at any time, you need to know that we can dip in and out of the conversations that you have just to make sure you're not getting up to any criminal, criminal behaviour because you might as well be sitting in your cell with your legs up, ordering some kind of crime spree from the outside uh, and dictating it all from, from your prison cell unless you know that someone could be listening. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'm not 100% sure because think about it. Who would want them to be listening to their call? So you've got to think of that because remember what we just spoke about, about how they smuggle phones into yeah. the prison. Right. So we're, tr- we're trying to stop something as well at the same time. So if it's that, they'll say, do you know what? I'm going to just smuggle a phone in then. Yeah. And when they smuggle a phone in, then no, 100,000% they're going to be doing bad things in that area, in that way. Um, but that's a bit like, isn't it, saying because so many people speed in their cars, just you know what, we're going to do them, yeah. We're going to do away with the speed limit because there's no point anymore. So I'm on a team with international human rights at the Commonwealth United Nations, uh-huh. and we sit down and we have a lot of conversations on international human rights right. and how to really eradicate in a bigger scale because if we, if we took 
control of the drugs trade, then there'd be no more drugs. Look in Amsterdam, the way that they deal with it there. There's not a drugs problem there in that. There's a massive drugs problem there. They, it in was so event. bad, right, when they, when they decided to, to open it up and say that you could sell whatever you like there, right? Loads of people became drug tourists, and they then said, oh, this is a bad idea because people are coming here just to buy drugs. You could only buy them now yeah. if you live there. Yeah, but what I mean is it's not in that sense of killing each other on the streets and, and so on. So. so it was a controlled situation, and that's what I mean about that's what's needed, controlled situations. Yeah, but the trouble is, I mean, we've tried for many, many years to get the prison service to be better, and all that's happened is it's got worse. Now, you might argue that that's because they privatised it, or before they privatised it, it was already bad, you know, or the fact is there's too many people in prisons and we shouldn't lock people up. You know, the thing that people forget about when we talk about prisons, and I don't mean this uh, against you, Sefton, but most people who go to prison should be going to prison as a punishment, right? They should be going to prison to keep the rest of us safe from any danger yeah. that these people might pose if they were on the outside. Because well, it is true. true. That's what it should be do for. You know why? No, but well, do you know why? It's, it, if we, if the, the problem that we have is this, that in society we punish and judge people. Now, what we need to do is discipline and guide people because they'll only be in prison for so much of the time. Sure. And then they will come out to reoffend again. And that's, not, that's a public um, safety act to, to actually think about the public because when they're in prison they're getting worse they're not actually getting sure. better the offending rate is off the scale um 72 percent of inmates have in um have absent fathers when you have an absent father and you're young you then become the man of the house what's needed is the right role models in the prison that are working with them people that have kind of experienced some of the same things and I'm, sorry, to, I'm sorry to drag um, this back to Boris Johnson, but Carrie Simmons, right, uh, who's his current girlfriend, she had an absent yeah. father. She's going out with Boris Johnson now. She didn't end up in jail. So you don't have to end up in prison just because you've got an absent father. It's different when you come from the streets, you know, like it, she didn't come from the streets. Well, maybe no, she went to £20,000 a year public school, so carry well, on. Well, never mind. The point is, you know, it's not about you know? one thing, is it? What do you mean? Well, it's not. You can't just say because you got an absent father, you're going to be a criminal, are you? No. Oh no, no, no. But I'm saying that 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 72 percent of inmates. That's a massive um, uh, statistic that you have to look at, and that's why I'm saying this is an incentive that you can use. Same like going into primary schools and eradicating the culture of gangs in the first place, right. because that's where it is. It's a culture. We live one way and society lives another way. And we've chose to walk this way away from society. Unless you, you, the problem, look, kids are killing kids. That's what we're seeing on the streets yeah. now. So unless we decide what do we want, do we want to continue this problem or do we want to eradicate it, we have to now go down and humble ourselves and actually find the right way to do it, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense, and you're not the only person that makes those kinds of suggestions, and I agree with an awful lot of them. However, we are in a place that we are in now, which seems to be a lot worse than it was 20 years ago. I don't know yeah. why. I've never heard anyone be able to explain that to me, apart from to just say, um, you know, that it's now a culture. Well, I get all that, but, you know, why is it so much worse now? Why are kids killing kids more now because than it's they were? What I said, sir. It's what I said. Remember, it's, it's children. They're younger. And the fathers have left the house. No, but that's been going on for many generations, but it's somehow... It's not the same. It's not the same because back in then, they had morals. They had all these different things. The gangsters used to go to church and they didn't 
carry their guns on that time. Lots of things were different back then. But even why has that changed? The then? parents, even when the fathers went out to look for work back in um, the olden days, they were left with their grandma and their um, granddad. So the teachings, the wisdom that was coming on to the children was different. Now, the get dads are leaving the home and going to make another family with somebody else. Right. So to so, you, it's all about the morals of the business. But I mean, that doesn't help. Yeah. That doesn't help us who, who are not committing crimes every day of the week and stabbing okay. each other, so, right? So I mean, what are we supposed to be doing? It's not our fault, is it? Yeah, hundred percent. So the thing is, you've got to look in your side of the fence. You've got to look at society and what is society showing the kids. When you walk into McDonald's, why are they playing music like "I'm in love with the cocoa"? That means I'm in love with cocaine. Why are they allowing? I don't know. I don't know that. Published. That's what it is. It, You're in right. Love with Around the us. Around us, as matter who, where we go, what we do, there are yeah. there is kind of a standard which people would think is old fashioned, but currently uh, standards are are kind of decreasing all the time, and people yeah. are getting away with worse and worse behaviour than they might not have yeah. got away years ago. Right. I remember I remember sitting on a bus and just saying, turning around to a bunch of kids and saying, "My kids are on this bus. Shut up with your swearing." And, you know, people were like, oh, my God, this woman's just, just about to freak out. And the kid's going, shut yeah. up, Mum. Shut up, Mum. You're embarrassing. You're embarrassing us. But well, I was not true, willing though. to take the whole train bus journey while someone was swearing yeah. on the bus and my kids were listening. So, you yeah. know, I do think that there is a, there is a change of, uh, you know, what we accept in society now, what we didn't used yeah. to accept. But I don't think we should just roll over and go, oh, all right, then. I know what I'm going to do. We're going to lock you up because of some of the crimes that you've committed. And give I, you an iPad. I'm going to give you access to all of no, these things which you can not. carry on uh, committing some of your crimes. I don't agree with the phones anyway. Do you know yeah. that I don't actually agree with them giving them the phones? Yeah, right. But, no, listen, but I your, re- your rehabilitation <laughs> argument in prison, and we don't rehabilitate, we just put them away, we lock them up. And yeah. then we let them out worse than when they went in is worse, entirely yeah. right, completely no, right. I, and, I, and it's about time someone did something about it. Yeah, and I agree with I'm you, Sefton, on that. I'm but the point bad. is is that right. also I think the, the responsibility for an awful lot of what is going wrong has to also be with those people who are committing the crimes and who are committing, you know, yeah. uh, the murders and, and stabbing each other. You know, it's you know, it's not for the rest of society to make them feel better about themselves so they don't knife yeah. each other to death. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I fully get that. But when someone's programmed or, or broken, there's issues, there's underlying issues, root causes that need to be dealt with. That person's not going to change. Right. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just telling you the truth. Sure. I'm just telling you my truth. Actually, I get that. Listen, I totally I get it and I appreciate it. Times. But Sefton, and let me ask I you. I was a madman. Yeah, right. I'm sure, crazy, you, I'm sure you but were. I've been shot at. I got stabbed in my lip. I got stabbed in my ear. There was nothing that was going to stop me. Right. Like I was a, a, on a train. But what did stop me is the right person, a role model, somebody that came in and, sh- and retrained my mind, renewed my mind from mm. the way that I once was thinking and dealt with some of the root causes like rejection, um, loneliness, emotional trauma, um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Those things, when they started dealing with it, I completely changed. Okay. And now the future king even came to see me. Like, that's amazing. Do you know, how can someone like me be all like that and now doing the things that I do now? Well, that's because great. Because things got changed. The well, then, well, then, well, then presumably you believe that if that happened to you, it can happen to everybody else. Definitely. Okay. Well, that may be the answer. But at the moment, um, there needs to be a, conseri- a serious um, thinking process going on as well. Yeah. So, that, so that people's lives are not endangered by people yeah. who at the moment have not been reconditioned, if you like, and but who are a danger to society, sir, you know? Sir, what's this? Now, you're not being targeted, sir. 
It's yeah, but I've got like children. I've got children who might be targeted, and I could be targeted any time you like. I mean, I've lived. No, I was born no. and raised in London, I'm, right? I'm I've been, you know, lie. I've I've had people trying to rob me. I've had people trying to, you know, uh, attack me for one reason or another yeah. over the years. If you look at the death toll, sir, it's all our age group. The people that are from eighteen, from from twenty twos and twenty threes. It's the people that are actually living that life that are killing each other. No, I get that. But that doesn't mean that they won't kill somebody else by accident or because they don't like the look of them or because they get into a row with them. But I'm not going to lie. There's not many cases of that. There may not, there may not, there may not be. The majority is that. So we don't need to worry about how we're going to be affected because we're not actually affected. They are affected by it. Well, I've got kids who might be affected by it, right? And so therefore I'm as interested in it uh, getting stopped as you are. You know, because kids do tend to mix with each other. They go to school with each other and they can kill each other now. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And for stupid stupid reasons. I work for a company called Gangsline. And we go up and down the country delivering training to all government staff. So advise the mayor and on gang culture, on gang crime. Um, I train from social workers to police officers. Um, And what we do, we also go into schools. So the, the, the way to kill this problem is to start at primary schools and eradicate it from the very get-go to show them the life that is out there they shouldn't turn to. If we can stop them from primary to, from going in, right. then we'll stop the whole thing. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, the schools, they, they've started to let us into some of the primary schools, uh-huh. but we'd like to go into more. Okay. And that's why we would need the help of other people to emphasise that we need to go into primary schools. Okay. Well, let's try and organise it. Sefton, we'll talk to you again soon. Oh. Sefton Henry, gang consultant at Gangs Line. I think some of what he says is right, some of what he says is wrong. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.